0: Tuning into the Short Stacks, I'm Lisa Quintero, Young Adult Librarian, and I'm Lizzie Jelly, Virtual Engagement Librarian. This is a show where we talk to you about what we've been reading, listening to, or watching, and today we have a special guest, our Assistant Director, Emily Vieira, is here to talk with us about romance.
1: Hi.
0: Excellent. I am so excited
2: to talk about romance with you today. It is a perfect time of year to do so. And I thought before we get started and really dive into the genre, I would love to talk a little bit about how you got into romance and what romance as a genre is to you.
1: Well, that is an interesting question for me because I am a romance newbie, (laughs) major romance newbie, but I've always been a rom-com movie fan and TV show fan. And so I think it was a pretty natural fit for me to start reading them. Um, And I definitely came into it with a lot of the same views that some people probably have of, like, stereotypical romance readers and the kind of, like, bodice ripper style. Um, and I realized very quickly um, that that's totally not the case. There's tons and tons of different <laughs> subgenres of romance, including... You mean, is that all, like, Fabio? No, it's not, not all Fabio. They don't all have kilts on the cover. There's totally that's the thing, and it's super cool if you're into that. I love it. Um, but I realized there's, like, stuff for readers like me who just like good, like, realistic fiction with, like, you know, relatable characters and kind of comedic happenings. Um, And so that was really fun for me to find that I actually like reading them. And the reason I kind of got prompted to it is because I took on the task of selecting them for the library um, and realized I better start reading them so that I could have a real better sense of what was going on in the genre. Um, So that's kind of how I got into it. Absolutely. I love to hear about how
2: you're a little bit more new to the genre as well, especially me as a... Die-hard romance reader, really <laughs> lifelong reader. <laughs> really, a lifelong lover of romance. I grew up on like the YA romances. Sarah Dessen was my girl. Mm-hmm. Jenny Han, even like the Stephanie Meyer Twilight series. I was there. <laughs> hey, as they were yes. coming out, waiting in the lines. So this <laughs> is my bread and butter in terms of genres of books. But like Emily said, there really is, in my opinion, a romance for everybody because there are so many subgenres and so many. So many different types and tropes and things going on. It's really cool. I'm still like discovering new romance genres and tropes that I didn't know of. Apparently, werewolf paranormal romance is really having a comeback. Mm-hmm. Who knew? I did not. Yep. I just learned. So <laughs> okay.
1: Well, I'm gonna have to put that on the list. Let's Absolutely. Just check it out. <laughs> An old werewolf, new tricks. <laughs> old werewolf.
2: Yeah, that works. Sure. That works. <laughs> But it's really interesting that it's you talk about how that, you right. took
1: over romance selection here at right. Shorewood
2: because we did not always have a romance collection here
1: at the library. We didn't. We had some romance paperbacks in a kind of a collection, but um, it was something that we didn't really purposely select. We got a lot of them as donations, so thank you to whoever those people were over the years who donated <laughs> your romance paperbacks to us Um But a few years ago, a patron brought to the attention of Rachel and myself that we were really doing our patrons a disservice by not paying attention to the genre that was really going bust, like gangbusters around us, and we were just not paying attention to it at all. Um, And so she really brought our attention to it, and I have to thank her um, anonymously for that. Um, She probably, if she's listening, knows who she is, but... um, so that was really a prompt to us, and so um, we started, started doing it um, with the previous librarian, and then it transferred to me and just keep going. And it's certainly um, become really popular for our patrons.
2: Absolutely. I think that's a really great point to talk about how romance has it's although it's seeing a kind of new renaissance in popularity, it has always been a popular genre. Absolutely, but just not given a lot of credit or paid attention to yeah. by some of the heavy hitters.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, not um, as like
2: mainstream or something. Absolutely, yeah. and that's by publishing houses as well. Right. There's all kinds of ways that romance was overlooked, and I think part of that comes in is this is a genre that has historically been marketed towards women and written by women, mm-hmm. so the heavy-hitting old white men didn't really see it as having literary merit and right. romance is here to stay.
1: It's not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, absolutely and the readers certainly don't have to just be women and I think that's really shown by the characters and the storylines that are now in today's romance and the writers of today's romance that you know cross all gender lines. I um, <laughs> All types of, of sexual expressions and sexuality and relationship types, and there's something literally, you know, for any type of human
0: um, or werewolf <laughs> um, or ghost,
1: probably, or vampire, <laughs> or vampire out there. Um, yeah, I you know there's been you. like a,
0: a big, you know, surge in, in young adult romance, like for queer kids. Because, um, totally. you know, there used to be, it was, used to be just like boy meets girl, right. but now there's a lot more like you know, boy meets boy and girl meets girl and ace people and, like, all sorts of different things. So it's cool to hear that that's, like, filtered out into adults. I feel like sometimes that stuff starts in YA and then, like, moves out because people are like, I read this when I was younger. Why doesn't this exist in the adult genre?
2: Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. And I think it's really important to give YA romance some credit in that Mm -hmm. as well because adult romance is very slowly but surely increasing its inclusion. One of my favorite things to look at in terms of that is actually from a romance bookstore called The Ripped Bodice. They release yes. a report every single year about the racial diversity in romance. They didn't release the 2021 yet, but in their 2021, the numbers actually were pretty disappointing. And only it was right around 8% of romances published by major publishing houses were written by authors of color, mm-hmm.
1: which That's is such a small amount. Mm-hmm. Crazy low. And that's totally not representative of the people who are reading romance, I, I can't imagine, or the people who could potentially be reading romance but don't think that it's for them because they see the covers, they see you know the characters, and they don't see themselves reflected. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think that's a really good point as well, to
2: think about how the readership of romance has been a really kind of stereotype for a long time. Like, this is something that old, white, straight <laughs> women are reading. And that's simply not true. And we mm-hmm. see that now, especially as younger readers are really latching on to romance. Totally. In that same report, they talked about how younger readers are reading romance a lot more frequently than some of the diehard romance readers of the older generations. And they are really seeking out more diverse titles, more diverse authors, and more diverse couplings in the romances that they're selecting, which is kind of pushing those publishers to say, hey, we better pay attention to this because this is our, our
0: new market. Right? Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know it's there's just, been a lot yeah. of like the paranormal stuff because I ordered the sci-fi, and it's like, you know, there's, there's a lot yeah. of the... The werewolf, like yeah, the, yeah. the Gale character series, uh, yes. the the Parasol mm-hmm. Protectorate, where oh, yes. where she falls in love with the werewolf, mm-hmm. and then there's vampires, and, <laughs> right. and <then> there's,
1: <laughs> there's romance in other genres too. Yeah, That's absolutely. another kind of like avenue for me that I got in is like I'm a big mystery reader, and you know, there's definitely a lot of mystery series, especially the cozy mysteries, mm-hmm. which I love. Um, you know, with no shame, um, that have romance elements in them, and mm-hmm. they have that crossover element.
2: Absolutely. And I think that's part of why it's kind of hard to nail down romance as a strict genre either. Because there's really only two things, according to the Romance Writers of America, that a romance needs to be considered a romance. And those are a central love story and an emotionally satisfying and optimistic ending. Mm, So that's pretty broad in a lot of ways. (laughs) And we can see that absolutely in mysteries. We can see that in general fiction. We see that all over in YA. For sure. Yeah, Totally which is super fun, which is why we get so many different romances, which I think is really important that we've done a lot of work. Emily's done a lot of work before I came along as well to really diversify our collection. So there is a way for everyone to find themselves within our romance collection, or we're working to make sure everybody (laughs) first. But I think that's a really important thing to talk about as well as we are seeing a lot more diverse authors publishing in romance as well. Yeah, for sure. So now that we've talked a little bit about that, I think we can maybe talk about some other ways that the romance revival is happening. We would be remiss if we didn't talk about some popular Netflix adaptations of heavy-hitting romance novels and authors like Bridgerton, of course, (laughs) responsible for a huge boom in historical romance popularity, which... Before Bridgerton came out, actually wasn't a super popular subgenre, which I didn't realize because okay. that's one of my favorites. Right. <laughs> a little biased, yeah. um, but Bridgerton just zoomed that right up to the top. Sure. We saw a few other ones coming up as well. Um, my Girl Jenny Han, YA romance yes, author. And to All the Boys those. I've Loved Before. Uh, so good. So good. Binge those on them, <laughs> so Absolutely. Good. And it was so, so cool good. to see that coming around again as an adult in a book that I'd read as a teenager, right? Totally. Being like, oh my gosh, this is still ringing true with other people. This is so cool to see. We also see Robin Carr, another really popular romance author, and the success of her series Virgin River. Yep. Absolutely. There's so many. I feel like I'm missing so
1: many more because it's really had a heyday. Yeah. I know. Had, Outlander.
0: Like, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> sure. How did we forget? That's a classic
1: <laughs> crossover or not yeah. even like, it's really not. I mean, it's totally romance, but it's so many other things, too. Yeah, but, like historical fiction. Yeah, and right. Theater, but it's definitely paranormal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. It's, yeah. It's all everything. Yeah. Every genre, pretty much. For sure, to Diana Gabaldon.
1: <laughs> so here, if you're hearing the names of these shows as you listen to us, and you're like, "Wait, but I don't read romances, but I like all those shows and movies," like, then you might like reading romance. Yeah. That's what I'm saying.
0: <laughs> <know>? <laughs> Absolutely, like, that's where I'm coming from.
1: <laughs> Turns out, you might like reading romance. And no. I feel like
0: especially in like the climate that we're in right now okay. where, you know, everything's just so dark and uh, heavy. Yeah. Sometimes you just want something where you know it's going to wrap up in a happy way. Yeah, even if it's like a little silly or like predictable or whatever, you know, you're just yeah. like, I just want something to happen. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's
2: actually been really reflected in the romance publishing industry and the kind of book selling trade overall. The pandemic had a huge influence on the boom of romance over the last couple years as people are feeling just really sad and they want to feel happy for a little while. And romance is a great kind of escapist genre to do Mm -hmm. that in. And it was, I was reading in a different report than the Ripped Bodice's report that romance was actually the most popular um, fiction genre outside of general fiction, accounting for over 20% of the publishing industry in the past couple years, which is huge, right? Mm -hmm. That's wild super wild and it shows romance is a lot more popular than we think sometimes <laughs> yeah
1: yeah it's true it's definitely not what you think it is yeah. absolutely it's yeah. also
2: really cool to see that resurgence of romance after having kind of a kind of a bad reputation as a genre for a while for a lot sure. of people are scared to try it they see it as either like you know too dirty or too sexy for them to read mm-hmm, but there totally. really is all levels of romance yeah. all different things going
1: on and so it's really nice to see that resurgence as yeah. a longtime lover of romance. And I know, you know, thinking about that, people's perceptions, I'm sure there are people, too, who think it's it's too white and it's too kind of like norm conformist for them to, I don't know, just too much. And mm-hmm. I think that's reflective of, you know, the some controversy, if you know a little bit about it, of with the Romance Writers of America, who've really come under fire for... Giving awards um, to really just by and large only white authors, um, some storylines that were really um, not really reflective of, of broader societal values, um, and that can definitely influence readers um, and turn people off of that genre altogether, mm-hmm. um, which it shouldn't because I think there's enough writers saying this doesn't represent us, this this association or you know group doesn't stand for everything anymore, and they're pushing back against that.
2: Absolutely. And that's been really cool to see, especially in the last couple of years with the RWA and some huge pushback from major authors. Um, and this has been going on for several decades as well. Nora Roberts left the organization in the early 2000s wow. after they refused <laughs> to recognize um, LGBTQ romance as legitimate, Whoa. which is like, she's a Nora heavy Nora hit. Roberts, hit a you you go. I was like, go you, Nora. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Love that for you. Um, But even it took until I think 2019 before a black author won one of the Romance Writers of America's awards, Wow! which is horrific when you think Mm, about it, considering how long the organization has been around and that it's viewed as like the premier organization for romance writers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So much too late, still steeped in controversy Mm -hmm. from what I understand as well. So, yeah, but it's good to see people sticking up about it talking about it and pushing them to do better as yeah. an organization and the genre as well it's really good to see limits being pushed within romance which is super I agree. fun
1: yeah
0: <laughs> great so what are some of y'all's favorite titles from the last few years I have so, so many.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, 98% of the books I read are romance, so no. if you have a suggestion, I'm the librarian. How you narrow it down? <laughs> it's so hard. But I did narrow it down to a few series that I really enjoyed over the last year. All three of them are historical, now that I'm looking at it, so it might not be your taste, but two out of three are also queer historicals, so if oh, that nice. is something you're interested in, I know, right? Like a sub-sub yeah. genre, if you will. <laughs> Um, One of them being Olivia Waite's Feminine Pursuit series. She is incredible as an author, and the series is so fun in terms of queer historical romances, because it's so focused on joy for the characters and less about the threat of persecution, which is something that we really have to kind of be wary of when reading a queer historical, Mm -hmm. and they're so just silly as well it's just like women doing cool things and living their dreams being like astronomers and beekeepers and I forget what the oh the last one she's a like a piano composer and a weaver that fall in love (laughs) it's so fun and it's extra fun to me because Olivia Waite is a bisexual author who was told for years that lesbian romance wouldn't sell Mm -hmm. so she just didn't write it she wrote the first one just for fun for herself ended up publishing it and it took off and now it's a really beloved queer historical series. Cool. That's amazing.
1: She's I so cool. I love hearing that. And we have them here at Shorewood as a heads up. <laughs> that's great. I, see, I love, like, the idea of historical romance that doesn't just have, like, the Duke,
0: the Rogue. Yeah. Uh, you know, the
1: Prince. Um, because that's just, like, a little bit blah. Mm-hmm. So you know, the beekeeper and the weaver is way cooler. <laughs> it's, so <laughs> fun. It's, it's so much cooler. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's definitely a valid critique of historical romance. You
2: see that a lot on like the Victorian and Regency mm. romances. They're very formulaic mm-hmm. and also very white mm-hmm. as a result. So this is super fun to see some diversity. Another one that is a really great diverse historical romance is Erica Ridley's The Wild Winchester series. We get Not just queer characters, we get characters of color, we get non-binary characters, and we get love in a whole bunch of different formats as well, which is really cool to see. So another one if you're into a queer historical. Cool. The last one that's also historical that I would love to recommend is Evie Dunmore's series. Um, It's called The League of Extraordinary Women, and it's all about suffragette love stories. (laughs) It's very fun. It's a lot of, like, girl power romance if you're into that. But it also deals with a little bit of, like, unconventional relationships, talking about, like, finding love later in life. At the time, that was really, like, taboo to be unmarried at a certain age. And women going to school for the first time at Oxford. It's really neat if
1: you're into, like, Victorian with a little less... you know? (laughs) Yeah, I am. I'm learning things. This is great. I feel like I have fewer kind of like recommendations, but I'm, I'm really a big fan of Sally Thorne. So I read The the Hating Game. Um, I read it in like a weekend, all as an ebook because my daughter fell asleep on me when she was sick. And I just had to like, I had my phone and I was like, I need to read. I just got it on Hoopla and read it. And it was so good. And then I also read her second First Impressions, which came out last year, um, which was also so good. And I just love the way she writes really funny um, characters. And they always have just really lovely friendships and family relationships and that are kind of interesting and, I don't know, exciting beyond just the romance, too. Because I love that. Like, I love a buddy comedy. So, like, if it's yes. kind of got that element to it, um, that's really fun to me. Um, plus, I think... They do, I mean, has like a sexy element and it's not like bad. My mom read, my mom borrowed second, first impressions from me after I read it because I read it so quickly and she was with me and she was like, I want to read that. <laughs> I was scared. To give it to her. but I was like, "Mom, it's a romance. Like, it has sex in it." And she's like, "That's okay." And she read it, and she's like, "Yeah, it's just like a Hallmark movie. I was like, That's with, true. Like, Which she loves. She loves Hallmark movies. So like, like it an HBO out. Like, Hallmark movie. Yeah. I was like, she's like, I mean, it has a little sex in it, but but other than that, it's like a Hallmark movie. So, I yeah, and I was like, that's so true and so great. Um, so that's like my, she's definitely an author that I've really latched on to. So anything that comes across that's like similar to Sally Thorne, I'm, I'm on board for, for sure. Um, I love yeah. that. I love reading yeah. a romance novel where at the end of it, I feel like all the
2: characters would be my best friends. Yes. <laughs> that happened, I read Corellia Stutz-Walter's Satisfaction Guaranteed. Um, it's absolutely bonkers. If you love a silly contemporary romance, oh, see, It's we it right <laughs> have it on our shelf. It's really cute. And they inherit a sex toy store that is going bankrupt. Oh and it's God. up to them to either save it or sell it, basically. <laughs> and the store's name is Satisfaction Guaranteed. So it's a little, definitely a little silly, but it's also really heartwarming, and all the characters are just so fun. I just want to, like, sit down and have coffee with all of them. (laughs) I, like, finished the book, and I was so sad. You know, that, like, empty feeling? I was like, oh, I miss them. Those are my friends.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I love that. I really love that.
0: Um... It's funny. I don't read a lot of uh, adult romance, but I do read a lot of young adult romance. Like, I just finished uh, Last Night at the Telegraph Club, which won a whole bunch of awards. It's and, like, be so that one's so good. And that one's also, like, a historical one. Um, and, uh, yeah, recently I read a, an adult one. It was The uh, The Kiss Quotient by Helen Boy. Mm. Oh, and yes. And that yes. was neat because it's, like, she's a neurodiverse right. author. And, like, the char- the main character is, like, yes. neurodiverse. That's been and on like, my to-read list forever, too. Yeah. And then, like, um, there's been a surge right now why of ones based on, um, what's it called, the K-pop. Oh, yeah! Yes. So I read one cool. called XOXO by XEO recently. Oh that was so cute because it's, like, about she, like, has to go to Korea because her grandma's sick with her mom, and she ends up falling in love with, like, a K-pop star, yes. but she doesn't know that he's a K-pop star, and she met him in the U.S. first. And then, like, the, yes. like when she's in Korea, she runs into him. Like that that's incredible. great. I'm reading one set in Korea right now called Heart and Soul by Jen Frederick. Okay,
1: cool. And it's got, like, a similar, like, element maybe Mm I haven't gotten that far yet but like definitely the man interest is like somebody that you know the you know main lady doesn't know because she does she's from the U.S. not from Korea but Uh yeah it's really fun I love definitely love um, any kind of book but a romance especially set somewhere else um, or with characters from a different cultural background I just think it's such a like great way to you know, learn about people. Mm -hmm. That's the whole point of reading. That's the whole point of books. Absolutely. I think romance gets a bad rep of not
2: having literary merit, but I learned so much reading romance. (laughs) I learned so many things about history, about, like, different cultures, about all kinds of stuff. It's, what was the one? Oh, Casey McQuiston's One Last Stop. I learned so much about the 70s punk scene
1: from that (laughs) book. It was incredible. Uh Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, I'm totally, like, reading and reading Heart and Soul right now, like, She's kind of learning about how easy, or how supposedly easy, it is to learn um, Korean, and um, which has a name that I'm sorry I'm completely blanking on. And um, I'm like, oh my god, I could do that. That'd be really cool. <laughs> <laughs> i just learn right alongside her. <sighs>
2: Just pull up your language app on one <laughs> exactly. phone, and a tablet. your tablet. Yeah, yeah good.
1: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll just find it on Mango Languages. Absolutely. Yeah, that From was one the, of the library.
0: The interesting things about <laughs> last night at the Telegraph Club is like it takes place in the fifties and so yeah. it was during the Red Scare, like, you Ooh. know, when the McCarthyism was happening and people were getting mm-hmm. blacklisted and so well, one of the main characters is Chinese and she's a lesbian and then she falls in love with this other girl and like it talks about how the McCarthyism you know didn't just affect like the Asian community in California yeah. it also was affecting the queer community because they wow. were trying to get people to like be informants and they were like you know if you're queer you're like automatically communist or whatever wow. and, and like raiding the clubs and things like that and so wow. Wow. And it was interesting yeah. I have no idea like, like, like yeah. I knew that there was like the whole like communist red scare and I knew that like it affected Hollywood but I don't really think about how it affected people beyond you know people yeah. getting blacklisted from. Making movies. Totally, totally. That's yeah. so cool for like a YA
1: book, too. That's
0: a yeah. lot of intersections
2: to be tackling. Like, yeah. I have to read this next. Yeah, <laughs> <Yes. laughs> it's yeah. I'm gonna go check it out. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, that sounds incredible. And yeah, it's. Been winning awards, so that's great.
2: Yeah. yeah, I've heard a lot
1: of talk about that one as
2: well. Yeah, we just won another award. Yeah, like she like posted like
0: a picture on Twitter and it has got like seven stickers. You can like yeah, barely oh, see the cover yeah. of the book. That's <laughs> like great. This is amazing. Yes, <laughs> so
1: good. I love that. Yeah, I love it. And that's definitely a great example of like a book that will reach adult audiences mm-hmm. too. Yeah, you know, oh, and absolutely. will reach beyond the the genre that it's labeled as. For sure. Um, mm-hmm. Are
2: yeah. there any? books that you're looking forward to that haven't come out
1: yet that you've heard any buzz about? I have a couple, even though I'm not buying romance or I'm not selecting romance anymore. I say buying, but like I mean, it's not my manage. money. <laughs> 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 uh, I'm not selecting romance anymore, I've kind of paid attention because I definitely still want to read some. And I have two that um, have come across my radars looking amazing. And one is called Savvy Sheldon Feels Good as Hell. Oh, i thought about And I was that. like, well, that sounds fantastic. Um, yeah just even just the title is enough for me um, and then The Roughest Draft is another one um, that I thought sounds really good and it's co-written by um, I think they're a married couple and then the book is also about a married or a couple who used to be co-writers together oh. and then they kind of like fall out and then they come back together mm. and then they fall in love maybe they were in love all along Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a meadow love story then. that's cool yeah yeah. What about you, Lizzie? Oh,
2: I'm sure you have a long... I have too list. many, so I tried to narrow it down to three, three, which is really hard for me to do. But the one that I'm really, really looking forward to is Alexandria Bellflower's third book, Count Your Lucky Stars. I absolutely loved her first one called Written in the Stars. Haven't read the second one yet, but really looking forward to it. The first one is really like astrologer romance with like a no-nonsense actuary, uh-huh. and it was so cute. It was the classic, like fake dating trope, and then, oh, no, we're actually in love. <laughs> it was really cute. Highly recommend. I'm also heard that Casey McQuiston is releasing a YA book this Good spring home. called I Kiss Cheryl Wheeler. So very much looking forward to that. It was only just announced, so I don't know anything, but I love Casey McQuiston, so I will absolutely be reading that. <laughs> the That's third great. one that I'm absolutely just so over the moon for is India Holton's second book, and it's called The League of Women Witches. She is incredible for writing these, like, fantastical, zany, historical romances. It's like, if you love The Princess Bride, you'll love her writing. (laughs) Or if you like, I don't know, I compared it to, like, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies or, like, that kind of series. And it's just so silly and fun and adorable and very, like, low steam level, if that's your pace. And they're so cute. And she's adorable as a person as well. So I will support her any way I can by reading this (laughs) Oh, hopefully so funny new romance and I think great. that's in March so real soon
1: yeah cool that's awesome there's another one I can't think of the name of I know it's on our shelves to be like put out on the shelf soon maybe you remember what it's called Lizzie but it's like somebody and somebody throw a wedding or like plan oh, a yes. wedding oh yes Devontae and Chris throw yes, a wedding yes that one looks so cute too. it's meant to be super funny yeah. as well yeah that one looks fantastic great. awesome
2: yeah. so we have a whole long list of books that we've we read do. and are looking forward to yes. which I don't know. If you need any more diverse suggestions, come find any of us. I'm sure we can think of
0: many more as well. Yeah, and I mean, now's a great time. You know, this is our, our February podcast. Valentine's Day's coming up. So that if you're is. looking for some happy things to read because everything is just kind of blah right now. Mm-hmm. like Yeah, mm-hmm. a little gray, a little, library a little and pandemic-y. Absolutely, and I we've also that. been working on um, genre-fying our DVDs. So there's now all the romance have been yes. pulled out. So yes. if you like exactly. rom coms, you can come check out the DVD. Incredible! That's I best. love that. I
2: will be there right away. after yes. <laughs> yes.
1: That's the best. I wonder, you know, as we're talking about this, if we should throw together a little book list with all the titles we've mentioned, put it on the website. Absolutely, Absolutely. great. Check the website check after the this website for our book list. We'll be there. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much for chatting romance with us, Emily. It was incredible. Thank you for having me. I'll definitely come back again and talk about anything else
0: (laughs) that I can think of. Awesome. And now for some library news. We have quite a few events coming up in February. We have our Rhyme and Read lap sit and our story time. The sessions for the beginning of the month were canceled, but on February 15th, the Rhyme and Read lap sit will start, and on February 17th, the story time will start. You can register online for those or in person at the library or via telephone. On Wednesdays, we'll have art cart to go again throughout the whole month of February, and on Wednesday, February 2nd, we'll have the PM Book Club. And the book for that is The Hotel on the Corner of Bitter and Sweet by Jamie Ford, which you can currently get here at the library. On Friday, we have our Grown-Up Take and Make Kit. On February 8th, which is a Tuesday, we'll have a family fun night to go. And then on the 9th, which is a Wednesday, we'll have the Job Center of Wisconsin here to offer drop-in help if you are looking for a job. The following week, on Tuesday the 15th, we have a teen advisory board meeting, and on Thursday the 17th, we have our teen take and make, and that day we also have our AM book club, and the book for that is Before the Coffee Gets Cold by Toshikazu Kawaguchi, and then we have Virtual Jazz and Friends Community Reading Day on Thursday, February 24th. As always, if you have any questions or comments for your host, you can email us at shortstacks at gmail.com. You can find us on Podbean, Spotify, or iTunes. Until next time, thanks for listening and be well. is written and recorded by Lisa Quintero and Lizzie Jelly for the Shore Public Library. Music for the show is by Kevin McLeod. The song is called Ice Flow and can be found on Incompetech.com.